It's the Dogcast, episode number 428. This is your Liberty Bowl pregame show. Dogs versus the Horned Frogs at noon on a Friday. And real quick, let me just say, I've actually listened to this show, and I'm producing it after we've recorded it. We are totally phoning it in. This game is super boring, and probably this show is super boring. So I appreciate you guys listening. I do not have high hopes for this going down as a top 10 all-time Dogcast episode. dog fans it is the dog cast episode number 428 this is your big liberty bowl pregame podcast this is uh now, this, this are the we big playing one this thing in philadelphia <laughs> that's the liberty bell okay liberty bowl liberty bowl okay now so i don't is- know what the hell liberty bowl has to do with memphis and memphis it's not. Is it the Music City? What do we? No. Where is the Music City Bowl played? Oh, that's Nashville. Nashville. Okay. I'm telling you. I mean, it don't. It it, it really doesn't <laughs> matter. I mean, we're playing and we're playing above the Mason Dixon line. Sometime in December, where it's going to be cold, icy. You know, who the hell wants to go to Tennessee? Yeah, I know. Even if they have. Supposedly good. Not J- not Jalen Hurd. No, but um, it, it's you know it, it's nothing like Sweat's barbecue used to be. I, I think people get tired of us saying that these bowl games don't matter, right? I mean, because people are like, well, yeah, but it's football, and it's true, it is football. It's uh, yeah, but it, this it game is. really doesn't matter. I promise you, even one year from now, or two years from now. You will not even know who we played, right? You won't know. You and, probably and, won't remember the score. And more important, won't care. And but won't we, I care. But we do get those essential 15 extra practices, yes. which apparently is going to make us a whole lot better, even though we had a whole entire season to get better and didn't. Yeah, so Jacob Eason, it, it, you know, the practices are good. Let's talk about the good things out of Athens. Since we did okay. our last show, we have had some amazingly good news. There are some great things happening for the program. And old dog, you can't get that, you can't get around that. That is truth. And I would like to get your thoughts about next year. You know, we're not a huge, we're not huge fans of recruiting around here. No, but, but unfortunately, it is the only thing that we can hold our hat on and look for hope. It really is. And I mean, because if if it wasn't for recruiting, I probably would have put a bullet in my head. Right. But let's talk just a little bit about, not even about recruiting, before we get to the big matchup with the 6-6 six and six Horned Frogs of Texas yeah. Christian. 
Now, were they the ones that were raping and beating up women, or is that another school in Texas? That's another school in Texas. That's okay. the school with the damn golden chrome helmets, and uh, that's Baylor is what you're thinking about. Okay. Okay, I wasn't sure. There you was- go. But, but I don't know. I, I, maybe they maybe they beat up women. I don't know. But anyway, Nick Chubb, Sonia Michelle, Lorenzo Carter, and Davin Bellamy, all you returning number, for their you senior number year. Seven. I do mean number seven, Lorenzo Carter. He of the neck roll. You know you like that throwback neck roll. Hey, <laughs> I'm happy those guys are coming back. If for no other reason, old dog. Think about, because I know you're not excited about number seven, but you did not expect Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle to come back. And if you thought that little meeting mid-season with Chaney was important, you know, you got to trust your players and your team. And what better endorsement could Kirby Smart and Jim Chaney point to than that Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle want to come back and play their senior season. That's and great you, news any way you cut it. It is. And and I hope and pray and will from now until the start of next season that Michelle and Chubb know a whole lot more than I do. Because right now and and again, I feel like Chubb and Michelle are kind of like Jerry Quarry against Muhammad Ali going into like the sixth or seventh round. And they look at their trainer and the guy says, yeah, you need to go out. And they go, I don't want to get my ass beat anymore. So hopefully, hopefully they have seen more than I have coming into the season that what uh, hopefully a brand new offensive line is going to do for us because I'm telling you it doesn't matter how good you are as good as Chubb is as good as Michelle is if you don't have people blocking for you you are just going to get your ass handed to you just like we did this year and we I mean, saw look that at, look what happened to poor Nick Chubb I know. from averaging 7.8 yards down to four something, and it would have been even worse if he hadn't had such a good game against North Carolina. Yeah, you're totally right, man. And I I believe, though, that they do know more than we do, and that's what I'm excited about. I hope so. Because they clearly are down with it, buddy. And they are betting, they are putting real money where their mouth is, you know? And I, I'm really either, excited. Either that or they figure it couldn't get any worse. Well, look also at the recruiting that we're getting. I mean, you look at the years that Mark Richt was the coach, the 15 years. No year did we recruit more than two blue-chip offensive linemen out of high school. No year. And 15. And that was only a few. Most years, it was one or zero, right? Without a doubt. And I know that you know Sam Pittman has six. Count them yep. six coming next year. More than he needs for a damn whole offensive line, right? So that well, and, has and to got, bode and well. He's, and he's got one or two in, but the problem is 
offensive line, usually a freshman offensive lineman, does not make a huge impact. I understand. Very, I know it's very not a quick fix. Does. And but, it is it is great to see what we're doing on the offensive line two, three years from now. Sure. But can any of these guys help a woefully, woefully ineffective offensive line coming next year? Probably One not. One would have to hope so. Probably not. They're not going to be able to contribute enough to help Chubb and Michelle. But I'm just excited about the fact that we have some focus on offensive line now, right? Oh, well, you you know what, what it does for me. I know. Cialis moment. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. When that kid from New York signed, I mean, it was I was calling the doctor because it was five hours and longer. <laughs> you had to be evacuated. Okay. Absolutely. So, um. You know, big news. We we lost. I'll tell you something else too. You look at the uh, the Carter, the kid, the running back from Houston, who decommitted right right toenail. after. Yeah, toenail, toenail, yeah. toenail, Carter. Um, right after Chubb and Michelle recommitted for their senior year, this kid decommits right, and uh, this was only a week or two after. Kirby Smart had made a trip out to Texas to talk to the kid to keep him firmly in the fold after Tom Herman tried to make a run on him. So if you feel comfortable enough with your recruiting class to where you're throwing perfectly good four-star running backs back in the pond, buddy, you better have something. You better have a special class on your hands. Well, and, and I think that's what it is, because, I mean, obviously with those four guys coming back and possibly one or two more, it limited the early enrollment, which would count for this year. And apparently they had a couple guys already coming in that they figured would have a better impact on the team than Toenail. Yep. And he was, unfortunately, he was the odd man out. Right. And, you know, and it, it's a sad, it, it's a bad thing for everybody. And I think we got a little bit of a bad rap to begin with, you know, saying we yanked the kid's scholarship or, you know, this and that, which that really wasn't the case. Basically, what we told them was you can't enroll in January. Right, because you know, we have there's, too there's many existing for players. You. Right. There's a place for you, but with these guys going in, and we've probably got to hold the place open for Dominic Sanders, depending on what he wants to do. And if he he thinks he has an NFL career, man, I'd love to get ahead some of what he's smoking. But anyway, that that being said, you know the kid couldn't wait. He had to make a decision that was best for him. We had to make a decision that was best for best for us. And like so many of these running backs who have an older brother who is their guardian because they're really not sure who their parents are, he, you know, made a business decision. And it's like the, it's like his guardian said, you know, it was strictly business. Sure. Georgia had to do what was best for Georgia, and Toenail had to do what was best for Toenail. Which is, and it's totally understandable and totally fine. No hurt feelings, right? Absolutely. No harm done. Go, you know, good for you, yeah. buddy. And and who knows how good he would have been? How many, you know, how many four or five star 
folks don't pan out. You exactly. know, and, and I and I hope he's great. Yeah, I hope the only game he loses is when we play Texas in the national championship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's where we're at. Recruiting is smoking. I mean, smoking right now. <laughs> I mean, he you is know, taking is, what was a good is operation. So sad. I know. It's so sad that you and I are hanging our hat. The, the two who do a show called the Anti-Recruiting Show. About how our much we only, hate our, The only thing that we can dig our little fingernails into for hope for the future is recruiting. I know. So, as much as I hate to do it, the time has come when we actually have to talk about this football game. <laughs> Noon yeah. on Friday, noon on a weekday, when everybody is working, right? I mean, like, it's so sad to be... We can't even get off of noon for our damn bowl game, right? Yeah. We're playing at noon on a weekday. Myself and my lovely bride are both going to be working when this game is on TV, right? I mean, like, people don't even know when the game is. They don't know what day it is. They don't know Hell, who to play. Hell, I didn't even know what town it was in. I know, right? So here's the deal. It's noon on Friday. It's being played on ESPN, and we're playing this team called Texas Christian, old dog. Now, a yeah. few years ago... They were the hot thing, buddy. Gary Patterson's their coach, and they scored 7,000 points a game, and they were just the fierce, fearsome, fierce Big 12 machine. But they are not quite that team anymore. They're 6-6, six and six, and they don't really have much of an identity. Their offense is still pretty potent, but as all Big 12 teams are, they have terrible defense. Yeah. So our game plan is going to be grind the ball, run the ball, run the ball, then run it some more, keep their offense off the field. And, um, you know, it's we're a, we're a one-point favorite. We've won seven. They've won six. Nobody knows what the hell's going to happen. Sounds like a matchup made in heaven. Yeah, I can you tell know, you and, this. And apparently we're not even sure who's going to play. Sure. I think, I think Riley Ridley's out. Uh I think of like our whole linebacking core is hurt. Uh, you know, it's, and, and again, really who cares? I mean, it, I guess the best thing about this game is it gives you an excuse on a Friday to start drinking early. Absolutely. Because yeah. as, because as Dave in the service department says, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. <laughs> so that's the deal. That's this it. game is going to be won almost certainly. The keys to the victory, you can throw all that out the window. This yeah, game I mean, who cares? is this I game mean, is going just, to let's, be. Let's, let's just all. Here's the key to the victory. When when you finish listening to this podcast, drop down to your knees and pray to whatever God you believe in that we're going to win. Yeah, that's the key to victory. We need divine intervention. Well, I don't know if we're that desperate, but the deal is it's going to be all about who comes out of the tunnel and wants to win. I mean, the team that comes out with some fire and expectation, they're probably uh, the, going to win. The team that is happy to be in exactly. Philadelphia, right? Or, or happiest. Oh, 
Yeah, Happy that's S. Liberty Bell. This is the Liberty Bowl. I'll tell you this, though. Don't you think 8 and 5 sounds a shit ton better than 7 and 6? No, it don't matter. I, I think it kind of does. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're not playing, <laughs> here's what it boils down to. And this is what we need to strive for. Yes. And our coaching staff needs to strive for, or they need to get gone. Do tell. Three years from now, if we're not playing on New Year's Eve in in a bowl that means you advance to the national championship game, then it really doesn't matter. And you can take your 15 extra practices, roll them up, and shove them up your ass, because they don't mean dick. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Thanks. We had how many extra practices? A hundred, and we still lost to Georgia Tech. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it it's a farce. You just hurt my feelings. You just hurt all, my feelings. All of these bowl games. I mean, they had to go out and get teams that had losing records because there are so many bowls. There are, 80, there are 82 teams. 82 yeah. teams played in a bowl. I mean, this is it's craziness. <laughs> Listen, I was watching Paul Feinbaum the other day, and I know you love some Paul Feinbaum. He is so smart. He's he so has good. The ears in the world. <laughs> he does have the biggest ears. So listen, he was talking about the bowls, and this is a direct quote from Paul Feinbaum, football genius. He says. We are going to have to face the possibility that none of these bowl games mean anything except for the playoff games. The possi—it's possible, according to Paul, Fe- Paul Feinbaum, that none of the bowl games mean anything except for the college playoff games. Wow! <laughs> what a I mean. <laughs> He gets paid to talk about football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we get crystals. And we get crystals. Hey, we're paid in crystals. We're paid and in may, stamps. And we may be better off than he is. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, listen, it is Friday, so everybody's got to go out and get a sack of crystals, and let's bring home the victory. Listen, I know the game doesn't matter, but I still want to win, and I'm still no, going to watch it. And there's still going to be a bunch of guys with a block letter G on their helmet, and and we're going to cheer for them because we're playing against someone else, and we're going to beat them down. I mean, we're, we're playing against amphibians. Yeah, horned frogs. I mean, these are, these are cold-blooded animals that we're playing against. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, so we need to, we got I mean, to get what, it done. You know, what scares you about a horned frog? If you eat it, you might die. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Guys, I can't find anything interesting to tell you about this game. Nobody no, can. Because there isn't. <laughs> it's, in, it's in a horrible state in, you know, on on a Friday at noon on December 30th. There's nothing prestigious about it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no different than the Poulon Weed Eater Bowl. It's one cut above the Birmingham Bowl. It's but again, you know, it, it's not even played where the Liberty Bell is. 
I know. What kind of freaking who, – who worked that out, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what does Liberty and Memphis have? Dog fans. So, I mean, I know at least in Columbia, South Carolina, there's a bar called the Liberty. Hey. And speaking I'm sure of Columbia, South Carolina, speaking, yeah. speaking of Columbia, it always is a good day when South Carolina loses in overtime. Yeah, and they were so confident. I mean, you know, I was listening to some South Carolina sports talk this morning, and they're just running all these scenarios, you know, of how they were just going to dominate and all this. And, you know, and if if I had been able to call in, you know, you just want to say, get a grip on reality. Vegas has you all as 10-point underdogs for a reason. And, dog fans, on that sobering note, we're going to have to end the show. Listen, we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you guys listening. I know this game is boring. I know you guys aren't that interested. You know how I know? We got exactly one email from a listener and you know who you are. We got one email from a listener asking us, hey, where's the Liberty Bowl pregame show? <laughs> so I knew this game wasn't generating that much heat. But we wanted to cover it. We'll be back with a postgame wrap-up, and then we'll start talking about uh, recruiting. And before you know it, it's going to be 2017. Thanks for listening, guys. Give us a call at 706-363-0210. Email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Thanks for your support of the Michael Davenport Art Project. We had a lot of guys come out, buy a lot of art for a great cause. We really helped the guy out. He... You know, it's it's awesome. It's just a cool thing that we do on the side. And I appreciate you guys that stepped up and put up real money and uh, made it happen for us. So, guys, thanks for everything. Thanks for listening. Go dogs. <laughs>